Today on Age Lust, we're going to talk about tea, Arnold's, gear, gym candy, juice, pumpers, roids, staggers, weight gainers, or steroids. I'm talking about testosterone. You may be thinking, what the hell does this have to do with aging? Well, testosterone is something that we all have. All bodies have testosterone. And it changes as we get older. It can also change for other reasons. But we'll focus on aging because this is Ageless, a podcast that's here to shake up the way you think about aging. I'm all about embracing the hedonistic side of growing older, discovering bold ways to enjoy life's little and big pleasures. I plan to spice up my wiser years with innovative tools and a whole lot of attitude. I'm Jessica, a board-certified family nurse practitioner and certified menopause care provider with NAMS. My focus is on sex, hormones, and mind expansion as medicine. I like to focus on the whole person, not just the bits. Testosterone is this misunderstood hormone. It's like a hormone with a rap sheet. Maybe you can think of a distant cousin that's completely misunderstood, locked up because of the system, more than the actions that put him there or her. You get the idea. The DEA, which in the States is the body that regulates controlled substances. So we're talking about oxy. We're talking about morphine, testosterone, I think heroin, cocaine, cannabis, you get the idea. They list the effects of testosterone as, depending on age, this is a quote, depending on age, the type and length of time of use in males, testosterone will stunt growth, cause acne, shrink testicles, and large breasts. In women, deepens voice, increases facial and body hair, acne, menstrual irregularities, dramatic mood swings, impaired judgment, (laughs) increased level of aggression and hostility, increased risk of heart disease, liver damage, and finally addiction. That's a lot. Some of those side effects are exactly what people are looking for. But here's the thing. Low testosterone in men and women, in people, can cause damaging effects as well, like low libido, decreased erections, low or zero sperm count, height loss, trauma fractures, like low trauma fractures, bone loss, hot flashes, and night sweats. Lesser known symptoms of low testosterone can be low motivation, low energy, depression, poor concentration, poor memory, word recall becomes a problem, sleep disturbance, mild anemia, weakness, increased body fat, and diminished work performance. That's not just for men, that's for all people. The adrenals sit above. So what's it responsible for? It's responsible for lots of things. It's responsible for muscle growth, keeping that muscle, bone density, and sex drive. However, testosterone levels decline as we get older. There's one um, kind of standard 
way of putting it for men folk that it is that your testosterone declines 1% every year starting at the age of 30. So by the time you're 60, you've lost 30%. It could be less, more or less that way. For postmenopausal folks, um, for us, once we are no longer producing estrogen and progesterone, like basically our ovaries stop functioning, period, like the factory is done, no more baby friends will be made, the testosterone just goes straight into the toilet. And again, what happens? All of a sudden, we look and we see that we are lacking energy, lacking libido, and our muscle has been replaced by fluffiness, or as I used to call it in, when I used to teach yoga, prosperity. Of course, there are other reasons that you may be feeling sad, soft, sedentary, and anything other than sexy. And those absolutely should be explored with your provider. So don't just assume that, that, oh, that's what it is. It's testosterone. There are lots of different reasons, but testosterone might be that reason. And that sense of feeling a lack of drive in all areas or most areas of your life actually made point towards a lack of tea. So how do you know if your testosterone is low? Hopefully, you use each day to get a little bit closer to understanding your own body. Maybe you're looking and noticing the subtle changes or the larger changes. So that's the first clue or key. But when it comes to testosterone, because it's a controlled substance, you do actually need to see a provider. And in New York State, you need to see a provider face to face. It used to be during the height of the pandemic that there was some leeway, but I think right now it is definitely face-to-face. At least that's how I like to practice. When it comes to men, you need to have your testosterone checked twice. So the first time, um, we're checking for a couple things. We are checking for luteinizing hormone, follicle-stimulating hormone, prolactin, as well as total testosterone, sex hormone binding globulin, and albumin. What the fuck are all those things, right? Well, you already know what total testosterone is. And sex hormone binding globulin, you hear that binding, sex hormone binding, is this globulin that works as well with albumin, which is a protein in your blood, and they grab on to free testosterone. So you have total testosterone, and then you have testosterone that's available for your body to use. It's free and open and ready to play. So we want to see what those numbers are. Do you have so much of that binding that it's taking all of your free testosterone? That's something for us to think about. When it comes to LH and FSH, Those are the signals that are telling the testicles, in this case, uh, to make more sperm, make more testosterone. When we're looking at FSH, LH, and prolactin, prolactin is stored in in the brain, in the pituitary. We're seeing, are those signals from your brain getting to where they're getting? Or are those signals from your brain screaming at your organs, at your gonads saying like, work harder, work harder. And like your nuts are like, I cannot, I'm, I'm done. I cannot work any harder. I'm working as hard as I can. So that's what we're looking at. We're checking it once, 
We're checking it twice like Santa. We're going to find out if shit is naughty or nice. And from there, we're figuring out based on what the numbers say and what your symptoms are, if a trial of testosterone is appropriate for you. Testosterone supplementation can help reverse those symptoms by increasing the body's supply of hormones. The idea of taking the testosterone is not to turn you into this big, massive, like hulky bodybuilding person. The idea is to bring back some of that clarity, elevate the mood, help with the anemia, if that's what's going on for you, and increase the bone density. And the amounts that we're giving are not huge amounts. These are pretty small amounts of testosterone, right? And in fact, for those folks that for those folks that do injections, so let me go back a little bit or not go back, but go forward. Let me explain to you as well how um, you can get testosterone supplementation. You can get it through injection. You can get it through gel. You can get it through pellets. And a lot of, a lot of people choose either the injections or the gel. The idea is that when you are taking the injections or even the gel, you can even down titrate, go less than the recommended dose, because we're just trying to find that sweet spot of where you feel good. People will start to feel good in a month or less um, from taking just the smallest amount of testosterone. A quick word about taking injections for testosterone. So those injections happen like on a Tuesday and a Thursday, so twice a week, equaling around 100 milligrams of testosterone. Sometimes the sweet spot is a little bit less than that or half of that, whatever your sweet spot is. There's also another way to increase your testosterone, which is by taking a particular pill called Clomid. Clomid is a fertility pill. Now, I don't know if that's still practiced. I'm kind of out of the um, men's health game right now. That was another way to increase the testosterone. But if you are in uh, scenarios where baby friends can be made, uh, you really want to be careful with taking Clomid if you don't want to make a baby friend. The opposite can be said when you're taking testosterone because different sperm banking options. Injections are not the standard of care for people with ovaries and um, wanting to increase their testosterone to a level of where it used to be. Injections for people with ovaries are absolutely used um, for those folks that want to change their body so that it is more aligned with how they want to present and signify in the world. Meaning those folks who are trans, transgender, transsexual, whatever you feel most comfortable with, meaning you that is going through the transition, right? Not you, the person who's not in the lived experience. For those people who are changing the balance of their hormones so that testosterone is more dominant and they will present to the outside world as male, injection is what is usually 
used. So what do you do if you do have ovaries and you're thinking, maybe I need a little bit of testosterone, a little boost, especially, I think it just, this just occurred to me. This is like a off the cuff thought. Okay, I used to be a bodybuilder in high school, and I love the idea of building muscle. I have a body that builds muscle or used to build muscle pretty quickly. I had a 42 inch lat spread, 11 and a half inch biceps, and I could leg press around 375. And I was supposed to be in bench pressing competitions. I was a I was a I was a strong person. Um, And I find muscles sexy. I, I go through like this, it's like, um, there are two types of bodies that I look at and I'm like, wow, wow. It's muscular bodies and then, um, round bodies that are like firmly round. They're like soft and I don't know. I can't describe it. if, If something pops into my head, but there's just this like juiciness that I find on both sides. Anyway, that's me. That's what I like. When I look at my anyway, I'm not gonna, I'm not going there. Right. But what was my point? My point is that there's something now I think that society is coming around to strength being this very beautiful thing to see. Um, no longer is this kind of this frail, take care of me, rescue me image. I, God, I hope not. Strength and and just strong, like strong, like power lifters can, you know, it doesn't, you don't have to be, you know, sinewy. You can be full and strong. Anyway, I'm, I'm going off on a tangent. My point is that testosterone can be helpful and we have it meaning we, meaning people with ovaries, or people who used to have ovaries, all human beings have testosterone, period, end of story. In the case of older women, in the case of late perimenopausal women, postmenopausal women, the idea of taking testosterone is that it is an add-on, an adjunct to receiving hormonal care. So, For a lot of people, when you're feeling good on your estrogen and you're taking your progesterone and your medication is doing what it should be doing, there's a decrease in hot flashes, decrease in night sweats, your bones are being protected, but your libido is still in the toilet and you're still not feeling that your drive, your all over drive is where it should be or where you want it to be and you're just feeling a little less than, you're going to talk to your provider about next steps. Our smaller amount of, and by our, again, I'm talking about people with ovaries, I'm talking about women, we produce a smaller amount of testosterone than people with testicles. But it's still important for us in maintaining our muscle mass, in maintaining our bone density, and maintaining our desire and our libido. In 2014, Harvard put out a newsletter where they talked about the benefits of testosterone for menopausal women. 
and I'm going to quote this. It says, a study in the journal Menopause published online in August, so this is 2014, may fill that void. Researchers in Australia tested both 5 milligram and 10 milligram doses of standardized 1% testosterone cream in seven healthy, so small sample size, postmenopausal women with imperceptible blood levels of testosterone. So they had no testosterone. Applying the 5 milligram dose to the upper arm daily for six weeks brought testosterone levels back into the normal premenopausal range, while using the 10 milligram dose elevated levels above premenopausal range. Neither dose was associated with masculinized side effects. So how do we know if testosterone is going to be the right thing for you if you're postmenopausal or late perimenopausal? Well, Chances are that you've already established a relationship with a provider and perhaps you've started and you've been using hormonal care for a few months. Let's just say three. And you're feeling better. The hormones have seemed to take away your hot flashes, your night sweats, your memory is starting to come back. You are not hating your family members or your coworkers anymore. Things are going pretty okay, but still you're not feeling very motivated to exercise. You're still a little bit low of energy uh, and your libido is not what it should be. Again, we're going to go ahead and test your hormones. Now to help us decide in shared decision-making what the best course of treatment is. Your provider may go with that, but most likely your provider is going to want to see where your testosterone levels are. If they've increased at all, if they've stayed the same or even decreased. So you're going to take some blood and you're going to take a look at what that snapshot says your testosterone is like. Then you'll have a conversation about using testosterone or or not and what you can expect and what you what's not going to happen. Like you're not going to turn into some sex machine that you were when you were 17 or 18 or 25 or 32, more like 32, right? Probably 32. But um, I mean, you will not be that person immediately is what I'm trying to say, because your dosage, once you've decided on what the, the treatment plan is going to be with your provider, your dosage is going to be one tenth of what somebody with testicles would take. You're going to be taking one tenth of that. So Again, you're not going to use an injection. Uh, it would be too difficult to get the right dosage in. Something you need to know about testosterone for all people taking it. Testosterone converts to estrogen, specifically estradiol. And this is going to tie into the pellets in a second. And if you remember, estradiol is the estrogen that all human beings have. It's the most abundant. It's the strongest one. For this reason... We also look at estrogen when we're supplementing for men, and we, we look at estradiol levels anytime we are prescribing testosterone. Here's the problem with pellets and why I don't like them. Some of you may have pellets and absolutely love them, and bless your heart, I love it. You like it, I love it. You're healthy, you're feeling good, you're feeling strong, do it. If that's what works for you, and that's the decision that you and your provider have made, 
I love it. And that is a perfect solution for some folks. I don't love it because if you put in one people with ovaries, you're putting one to two pellets in. If you have testicles, I think it's upwards of like 15, 16. I don't know. It's a lot of freaking pellets. To have pellets inserted into you, it's slightly invasive. They use lidocaine. They numb an area on your butt. They use a scalpel. And then they're kind of shoved into your cheek. It's also it's also a pretty expensive procedure that I do not believe. I mean, you might have some awesome insurance, but insurance won't cover. I don't love I don't love pellets for that reason. Uh, the cost, it's invasive. And once they're in, you can't really get them out and there doesn't leave room for titration. So you have to wait about that three months to figure out what you're going to do next. If you're super sensitive, I'm a super sensitive person. My body is very sensitive to stuff like that's wouldn't work for me. However, again, I know people who love them. I, in fact, know somebody who was given testosterone pellets instead of estrogen for their perimenopausal care. And they were given this because I'm sure the idea was it's going to make you feel good and it will boost your estrogen. Absolutely. So I, I get it. Um, testosterone can be life-changing. Do you need to take testosterone? Do you need to have this controlled substance prescribed in order to increase or preserve the testosterone that you have? No, not necessarily. But what we do know is that testosterone can be life-changing and it can bring a spark back to this sense of being dull and dim and just feeling low. So I want you to understand that taking testosterone, if you choose to go that route, is not as scary and as dangerous. Anything you take outside of the guidelines and in excess can be dangerous. It's like any medication, you start low and slow. Here's the good news. You can increase and or preserve your testosterone in other ways as well. The most important thing you can do for yourself in order to increase your testosterone is sleep. It's not the insomnia. It's my absolute childish behavior around going to bed. So I don't know what the fuck that's about. Listen, sleep deprivation is a huge problem with testosterone. And I'm talking about six hours or less a night of sleep can decrease your free testosterone up to 39% and a decrease of total testosterone up to 29%. In fact, one study from the Journal of Men's Health in 2009. Okay, so let me just tell you 2009, that's an old study. I don't want to hear it from the academic police. I get it. I know, but we're going to use this one. They did a comparison between men receiving testosterone and men just increasing their sleep. And they found that the men that increased their sleep to six hours or more found an increase of testosterone production up to 40%. That was much higher than the men that were taking testosterone. Sleep's such a big deal that when I was looking at examine.com, which is that free site that you can research like any supplement or issue and it they don't sell anything, they just want to give you the evidence-based information and the studies behind supplements. When you look up 
testosterone, how to maintain increased testosterone. Sleep is the first thing that they bring up. The second thing that they bring up is exercise, but it's a particular type of exercise that helps you to increase your testosterone. Resistance training. Resistance training can raise testosterone levels for about 15 to 30 minutes post-exercise. I know for me, and it doesn't have to be for a long time, I'm talking about like 20 minutes of lifting. I feel like really good. I feel really like <clears throat> powerful. And I know I've seen like my partner, for example, I know he does too. He, he might not admit to it, but I think he feels like spicy afterwards. More importantly, <laughs> it can improve your testosterone production in the long run because your body composition will. And you'll also notice a reduction in insulin resistance. I'm not getting into insulin resistance with that. I will probably bring somebody on who is an expert in insulin resistance, but that's going to come up again. Just know that insulin resistance, probably thinking about sugar, you're probably thinking about metabolism. You're probably thinking about how sugar goes into cells to create energy, or you're not thinking about that shit at all, but that's what that's about. So resistance training, really important. But on the flip side, overtraining can, can cause your testosterone to drop. That to me brings up images of like marathon runners. I'm sure that they're sexy people. I get it. But that's, that's, that's what they're doing, right? That's all endurance. And it's not to say that you shouldn't have put in endurance into your training, but you know, it is what it is. On top of it, you want to include recovery time. So think about resistance training. Think about sleep, not overtraining, and being thoughtful with your endurance exercise and throwing in some rest. Examine.com, of course, throws in a couple supplements as well. Now, these are kind of single one-off supplements. You can purchase combinations of supplements, but I just want to talk about very easy and accessible supplements. And we're talking about vitamin D, zinc, and magnesium. Will these increase your testosterone? No, not really. However, they will help to preserve and can significantly decrease your testosterone. So vitamin D helps to regulate testosterone. How do we get vitamin D? 15 minutes, direct sunlight onto our skin. Excellent way to do that. You can also get vitamin D supplementation. How does it work? So what I saw is that there's not a direct correlation between vitamin D and testosterone, but there is a correlation between vitamin D and that insulin sensitivity, how we get that energy to do what it needs to do. Also, we're talking about bone strength, right, with vitamin D, and we know that testosterone and bone strength go hand in hand. Zinc. Zinc is a mineral that is essential for staying healthy. And I always think of those lozenges. I'm sure you saw. The thing with zinc is that low zinc can stop testosterone production. We lose zinc and magnesium through our sweat. I think sweat is sweat is sweat. And you know what? Actually, come to think of it, if you are having night sweats, you might notice like it's a different, it's a different sweat. It smells different. It it's just, it's just a different sweat from a workout sweat. And it could very much be that zinc and magnesium just like pouring out of you. Just so zinc has to be, your zinc has to be on the level and your magnesium have to be on the level. There is something called a zinc test taste, taste 
a zinc taste test. I am not saying that you should do this. I'm just giving you information. You're going to talk to your provider, you know, about everything. You know that we've already made that agreement, right? We're just consenting to information here. The zinc taste test is where you take a an amount of zinc into your mouth, like a little tablespoon, and you hold it, you swallow it, and then you notice if you have a metallic taste after a period of time. There are lots of YouTubes on it. You can find tons of information on it. If there's no metallic taste, if there's no change, then you're deficient. Here's the thing. When we're talking about testosterone and we're talking about zinc, you may be thinking of semen. Semen has a large amount of zinc or zinc is a large component of semen. I'm not telling you to do this. I'm not like, okay, I'm not saying it, but I'm just simply saying, I'm not telling you to do this as a taste test. However, should you come across tasting semen and there is no metallic taste, it could indicate that you need zinc or they need zinc, or you both need zinc. I don't know. I don't know. That is not a scientific. I've not done the testing. Magnesium also is a large component of semen. But anyway, magnesium can be found in semen as well. But in general, magnesium is low in all bodies. Again, lost in sweat. And there is definitely a correlation between magnesium and lower testosterone. There are different dosages. There are nine different types of magnesium. Ones that make you shit. Ones that make you relaxed. Ones that help your muscles. You need to talk to your provider to figure out which is the best for you. Finally, I want to talk about DHEA. So DHEA, which I had mentioned at the beginning of this episode, is a type of testosterone that the adrenals put out. So DHEA stands for, and I have to say this very slowly, dehydroepiandrosterone. Dehydroepiandrosterone. You're going to look it up. And I think I'm putting the accents in the wrong places. Okay, forgive me. It's a hormone that's produced in the adrenal glands, and it plays a role in the production of estrogen and testosterone. DHEA is often taken as a supplement for bone health. It also helps with cardiovascular health, depression, healthy aging, and sexual dysfunction. It comes in two ways. You can get it over the counter as a supplement that you take. You would take it at night because it makes you sleepy um, after talking to your provider. And it also comes as a vaginal suppository. When we think about um, vaginal estrogen, which I'm not talking about this today, but when we're thinking about lubrication and discomfort, vaginal discomfort in sex, one of the FDA approved preparations is a vaginal suppository, which is DHEA. So when it comes to low sex drive and low libido, Testosterone supplementation is something to consider for all folks when they've eliminated other causes such as shitty relationships, stress, thyroid issues, low estrogen, sedentary lifestyle, glucose control issues. You get the idea. I have to let you know, though, that the levels of testosterone that I was talking about, if you're thinking about supplementing with actual testosterone, they're not high. You're not going to feel pumped up like Arnold and his pumping feeling like coming 
common in pumping iron. These are small amounts that will support you over time. If you do choose to supplement with testosterone, there are going to be certain levels that we're going to look out for, like your red blood cell levels, as well as what's going on in the brain. And of course, how much testosterone is actually available. If you're worried about cosmetic changes, like excessive muscle growth or facial hair, baldness, again, the levels that you'll be taking will be low. If there's hair growth, it will probably be in the area that you're placing the gel if you keep using the same spot over and over again. Even for our trans male cousins, well, they're obviously taking a higher dose than other people with ovaries, but their changes are gradual as well. Ultimately, for all bodies that are using hormonal care, the goal is that the medicine helps you to feel better in the skin you're in. Supplementing with testosterone can raise testosterone levels in men and women, but don't expect your testosterone supplement to turn you into some type of avenger. There are other ways that you can increase your testosterone, and I've talked about them, and those other ways like exercise, rest, getting sun, eating well. If you're considering supplementing with testosterone and your levels are low, know that symptoms like fatigue, muscle loss, decreased libido, those can be almost completely reversed. You need to work with a prescriber to figure out what's the best course for you and know that there is help and support to restore vitality, to feel good. That's it for this week's episode of Age Lust. I hope you got something out of it. I love making these. And if you enjoy them even a little bit, please share them. Rate, review on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, Google. And you can even leave me a voice message on Anchor as well. If you have ideas, questions, let me know. I have exciting things coming up for future episodes. Uh, things that are so exciting I'm super nervous about. Uh, so check out, oh, subscribe, subscribe to the podcast. I have notes in the description and I think that's it. Until next week. Thank you.